Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 113 of Season 5 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee ki our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Bubble Eat from It's Time to Rewind. Welcome back to the show, Bubba. Hey, I'm following right behind you. Jump, jump. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday we we ended things with uh with a plane making a successful landing in the snow and basically minute 113 begins with the voice of a pilot uh with a, a brilliant idea as we see trudeau smiling and grinning joker like face to, uh you know uh side to side and ends with a passenger catching another passenger coming down the evacuation chute. So, you know, yesterday the, the planes landed, everyone in the control tower were happy, and we, we continue here with, uh, you know, a shot in the control tower, but we can hear the radio where one of the pilots says, they were following the fire trail in as a guide. If they can do it, so can we. <laughs> so it. <laughs> Is that really a smart idea to do it that way? <laughs> <laughs> no, especially the shot where you can see three planes like back to back to back. That 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 looks like a recipe for disaster. That's right. <laughs> you have the planes just coming in one after the other. Hey, if he can do it, why well, can I can do it? <laughs> and and then they they show the plane the the, the northeast plane uh, still skidding on this one runway. And apparently in the commentary, so uh, Rennie Harlan talks about the fact that uh, that they wouldn't let them have a plane ride around in snow like this, where the snow is like sloshing up and stuff like that, because they said it, it'll just ruin the plane. So they, they needed to use effects for, for this type of, this is apparently a miniature uh, of the plane mm -hmm. as it's getting to a halt uh for for obvious reasons you know and and then we we get a, a shot of the the pilot who looks like he's got constipation as he's uh <laughs> you know trying to find a way to, to to stop the plane and you know he pulls back on the throttle and then the the uh co-pilot is looking back oh he's like these guys look like they're astronauts in training because they're they're being pulled back by the by by the force uh, you know the <laughs> the what's it called the ventricular force g-force g force basically yeah g-force there you go yeah, that's the way it looks at least even though it would be the opposite since they're decelerating they would be pulled forward that's probably true no only when they hit on the when they slam on the brakes maybe i don't know could be and then then we get another shot of the the plane getting ready to to skid for to stop which that really does look dangerous the the amount of snow and ice and water uh that that is just you know uh accumulating around those uh you know the the plane's uh wheels and then the the pilot although it's, it's kind of weird because it, it looks like the the looks plane like comes stand. to a complete <laughs> stop and then it, it after the plane comes to a complete stop it goes back to the cockpit but the the camera is still shaking like they're still moving well, because, you know, they're nervous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the pilot and co-pilot are nervous. They, you know, I don't know. 
and the the pilot closes his eyes and gives that a deep breath. And then the the navigator pats him on the shoulder and goes, "Oh, any landing you can walk away from is a good one. That's great." <laughs> Which there is a lot of logic to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I don't know how they're going to get these planes away from here afterwards because who knows if they're actually all sitting on the runway or if they've you know skidded off the runway a little bit. It's not going to be so simple getting these into the hangar. But you know, I guess if it's a miniature, it doesn't matter. <laughs> then we see like a, a a far shot of the plane just sitting there on the tarmac and then the, they give us another close-up where we have the 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 two doors on the plane open up and then they they end up shooting out these evacuation shoots and this is this is another thing that Rennie Harlan talked about in the commentary about the fact that that setting up these scenes were not simple at all because he said there were a lot of problems with uh, getting them to, to, to shoot out properly. He says if it was a real plane and people had to get off, uh, people might have gotten injured because of the way that they did this. But also, if you if you look, the, the people standing at the doorway, one of them looks like a stewardess, but the other one doesn't. Did they just get, like, passengers to help out? <laughs> <laughs> Here, help me open this door so we can, uh, you know, blow out the... Uh, I made that... <laughs> That, that reminds me of Fight Club. You know, if you're sitting on the emergency exit row, you have to be prepared <laughs> to, with the go. responsibility that that entails. All right. There you go. That makes sense. So we, we get a shot of these uh, evacuation slides. Uh, are you are you familiar with, with them? I mean, I'm not asking if you've ever been on one because these are not the type of things <laughs> people, people, you know, uh, want to be on. But if, if you mm-hmm. are you familiar with, with what they are? Uh, I mean, I've, I've only through movies, of course. Like I, I know definitely know um, what they are by description, and you know, mentioned in the, like the pre-flight safety procedures. Okay, when when do you think the these uh, these evacuation slides were were invented? Oh, I would probably guess around the fifties. And you would be correct. It was it was. Uh... Uh, the patent was was uh, submitted in 1954, and it was patented by a man named James F. Boyle, who was also the inventor of the World War II life vest known as the May West. Hmm. Um, so I, I find it very interesting that that he thought ahead. He says, "Hey, you know, I, I got a uh, an idea for saving people on their own, and now I have an idea to, you know, to to put them on planes." Um, so. Now, I mean, they they used uh, different different types of uh, stuff nowadays. It's not the same type of uh, of slides that they used back then. Uh, but be, before they actually started using these uh, blown up uh, slides, they actually had um, they used uh, canvas type slides, which uh, were very difficult to to put together, and the crew had to like put them together on the spot. So I guess it worked out better that you can have something that you just pull a, you know, you pull a a, a flap and it just opens up like this. Mm-hmm. As far as safety and emergency is concerned, the the fewer steps, the, the fewer um, opportunities for human error, the better. Yes, that's right. And they even have some of them that are both slides and rafts. 
at the same time. You know, so if it's a if it's a water landing, you can. I, isn't that what they had on with with Sully? You know, on the Hudson, weren't there like, or was it just that everyone was standing on the wings? I'm trying to remember the. Uh... I don't remember. I I saw that movie once, and it's been a long time. Right. Um, they also have different uh, sizes of uh, or different widths of of slides so the one we see here is a is is known as a uh uh it has two parallel lines so that they can it's it's a dual lane that's what it's called so you can basically have uh two people slide down at the same time on each side in the movie they just will have one slide in the middle but they 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 could have done uh, something else yeah so i mean it's it's definitely something that that in some ways that you could say it looks it looks like fun but you don't want to have to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those that's if you had the opportunity to do it on a movie set, <laughs> that's be, right. It would be a lot of fun, but not while you know the plane is burning behind you. Correct. I mean, in this case, uh, you know, the plane isn't burning, but but still, it's uh, it, you know, and they're, and they're coming out to the cold <laughs> with the way that they mm. they do this here. And uh, at, at this point, you know, we, we, we see them getting ready to, to start coming out. And then they give us a, a very iconic shot. We see, you know, John running on the tarmac. And behind him, we see a, a plane coming in for a landing. So it reminds me of like those, those World War II movies, you know, where the B-17s were coming in and you'd see like the, the whirling smoke next to the engines and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, here they just make a joke out of it because they, they have John actually fall down as he's running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they, they have, like, the the smoke just creates this beautiful vortex. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. Right. But, I, I, okay, let's, let's go back to what we were talking about earlier this week, though. Shouldn't John be very close to where the planes have just stopped? If the planes all came from the other, uh, from the, the crash... Uh, from the explosion explosion area or the debris, right? So they would have come closer to where John is, but it looks like John is still pretty far away. And the fact that there is a plane coming from behind him also is very questionable. Why would there be a plane coming from behind him if the plane should theoretically be coming towards him? Unless you know the the impact of the explosion threw John so far that he went to the opposite side of the 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 debris i don't know well i think it makes sense because the you know the the plane the the exploded plane it was going for a takeoff and so it was getting ready to take off and then it exploded at the end of the runway and so and that's what's lit up and so the planes that are landing are using that as the beginning of their landing and so and know, therefore they should runways, get to john that's therefore they should get to John, who's at the end of the fire trail. Well, yeah, he's at the end, which I mean, he's at the wrong end because the let's say the the runway is about you know uh, let's say it's about two miles, two to three miles long, and he would be at the uh, he would be at like uh, half a mile towards the end, and so. 
they would be landing right there, but then they they would be going for you know. Ah, a mile. I see what you're saying. He's not at the end of the air uh, at the, at the runway. Down. He's he's got to go all the way down to the other end of the runway. Okay, now I you I I didn't think about that fact. You're right. Um, yeah. So that so that doesn't make sense. He's he's basically turned around. He's not going towards the the debris of the crash. He's going away from it to get closer to where the planes mm-hmm. are because the planes have overshot him basically. That's what it comes. I, yeah. I didn't think about it from that perspective. Yeah, because oh, they wow. have to slow down in order to come to a stop. Yeah, no. So he's he could have like a mile to to run. Oh wow, you're right. No, I didn't. I didn't think about that. That makes a lot of sense. Hmm. Um. But like you said, the 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 best thing about this is that vortex that you see, you know, flying behind him as uh, John starts running, and then we're we're back to the plane, and we we see a passenger jump onto the on onto the to the slide, and uh, even though it's supposed to be two lanes, he slides down right in the middle, and uh, we we get to see three people. Uh, well, we see two people slide, and a third getting ready to slide. You know, and the first one who mm-hmm. who slides gets off and and actually does what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to stay there and help help the people that are coming down after you. So they they yeah. they, they I guess they get that accurately. They get that right. And then uh, we we start hearing uh, sirens in the distance, you know, which is which is great because you know this this uh, all the emergency vehicles got out there very very quickly. So it it shows that in Dulles, even when their terrorists are taking over the place, they they know that they need to get there uh, as quickly as possible mm-hmm. that works and and that's basically the way that this minute ends do you have anything else you want to say about this minute um no i mean the the only thing is i'm like part of me is a little bit surprised that they don't have a have a moment where you're worried about mclean getting hit by the by the landing planes they they just have this this moment where you know the he gets knocked down by the force of the passing plane. Do you think but he's knocked down really by the presented. force? You think he's getting knocked down by the force, or is he, or is he falling down because he's just exhausted and trying to run? Uh, I, I got the impression, like it, because of the timing, especially because it happens like right after the plane goes by, that the the force of the wind, uh, as the plane pass, uh, passes, knocks him over. Because mm, he does like trip, yeah, that's true. But he gets right back up and starts running. Mm-hmm. You know, take, takes a lick and keeps I on ticking. That they, they, yeah, I, I figured that they already did. They already had that moment earlier in the movie, so they they weren't going to repeat themselves with that sort of danger. And to the, you know, they they just want to wrap up the movie and get to the happy ending as, as quickly as possible. That the this is the the happy moment, and they don't. The, the filmmakers probably decided that they didn't need another moment of tension at this moment. Right. Right. Because the bad guys are all dead. So what do you need tension for? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Very good. So the script is, actually is just two small paragraphs for this entire minute. And it says uh, the landing pattern in the sky. And now the lights come down from the sky in a neat and patient row. The closest filling the screen, the others dwindling down to the size of stars. McLean on the runway stumbles along, maybe thinking he's dead or dreaming, ignoring the the giant plane landing beside him, ignoring the flames beyond that. His concentration is totally on Holly's plane now. Another giant plane skids down behind him. It's an assembly line, like B-29s coming home from war. Then he sees what he's praying for and breaks into a run. Uh, So it doesn't mention the fact that it says he stumbles. It doesn't say that he falls down or anything like that. 
but I, I guess uh, mm-hmm. I guess that is what happens here. Every Wednesday, we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Aviation Edition, where my guest will give some sort of story, adventure, misadventure, anecdote. Something's happened to them that in their life that's somehow related to aviation. It could be related to an airport, it could be related to an airplane, or it could just skydiving, something like that. I don't know. So... Uh, Bubba, what type of uh, story you got for us? Um, well, say I, I think I'll go with the, the more positive experience. You can tell and both I, if I don't you have... really want. <laughs> now you got me curious. Uh, I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, this one, it's I, I don't have a super clear memory of it because it it, it was my first time flying, and. Um, so and I was you know I was a kid maybe six six or seven somewhere around there I believe, and I don't remember the the reasoning and and I might not have even been told the reasoning, but I my dad took me um, to on a flight and we at the time you know, I grew up in Central Illinois Springfield Illinois the capital city there, and he took me on a flight from Springfield to Chicago. And it was just, you know, like maybe a one-hour flight, um, and we basically just kind of flew. And I think we spent the day at the airport. I, I, I think we did like spend some time in Chicago, but we didn't. It didn't spend a whole lot of time there. And then we flew back the same day. So and and like my memory of it was that it was just like as you know. Here I'm taking you on your first plane ride, uh, and and I don't know if my you know my dad had business in Chicago if if there was a reason for the flight outside of that, but I I just remember that as as the first time I got to fly and uh, you know it, it was it was a good experience. It, it, this would would have been you know of uh, mid to late 80s. So no no big security checks or anything like that. And then um, yeah, since you asked, you know my my most recent flight experience was it wasn't you know super awful, but just just a couple years ago for work I agreed to travel to um, you know from the Chicago area to San Jose California because they. They had just sent like a, a new district manager to that area, and they were. I think he did a like kind of cleaned house, had to get rid of a lot of managers or lost a lot of managers, and so they were in desperate need of people to just fill in, and so they were asking managers in in other parts of the country from more fully staffed stores, and so I, and at the time I was. Uh, you know, working more on the kind of operation side because normally I'm on the technical side of the store. And so I just kind of use that as an excuse to get some experience, do something a little different. And so I agreed to go out there. And so I got to the airport and then the flight was, the flight was delayed and then it was delayed some more. And then they couldn't use that plane and they had to switch to another plane which would not be arriving until, or which would not be able to leave until the next morning. Oh wow! And so, yeah, and and so, have uh, like the we were going until like past midnight, and then they ended up giving us like hotel coupons to go, to go, and uh, like free taxi 
services to get to the hotel. And it was all, you know, we didn't get there until like 3 a.m. And the flight was like 6 a.m. So it was like, (laughs) (laughs) here, you go get a couple hours of sleep and then get on the flight the next morning. And so it it was a bit of a pain. uh, But, you know, in all, like, other than that, once getting through that, the rest of the trip was pretty smooth. But that was a bit of a headache. Yeah, I can imagine. How long did you go there for? Uh, two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Thank you for that. Do you want to once again tell people uh, where they can find you? Uh, sure. I I do have, you know, one other podcast that is also running at this time. It's uh, episodes come out every other Friday, and it's actually not related to movies at all. It is a music podcast. It's called Lyrical Innuendo. And uh, every other week, me and my co-host, Nick Rehack, we talk, we choose a song and we break down the lyrics of that song and discuss what the lyrics really mean. We, we tend to go for songs that, that have a, you know, a, a sexual innuendo to it that, that you can get a read out of. And the, those episodes are a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's very entertaining. We, sometimes go off on these really wild tangents that and and i often surprise nick with with some of my reads on these lyrics and the newest episodes come out on spotify uh where i have the music included uh through the the spotify service and then a few weeks later they will come out on all the other podcatchers without the music included. So if you're not listening on Spotify, you can still listen. It still comes out every other week, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, I love listening to that, that podcast. I really enjoy it. A, a lot of the songs I'm not familiar with, but the, you know, the, the, ones, <laughs> the ones I'm familiar with are it, – it's more interesting for obvious reasons. So you know, I'm, I'm not as much of a music person as, as you and Nick are. So especially more modern music is, is not for me. But when, when you guys talk about <laughs> music from the 70s and 80s, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, and we definitely <laughs> try to cover all, you know, all eras, all all genres. We I think our oldest one was like Louie Louie. And uh, we've covered all, you know, from I think that was the, the 50s. Yeah, Louie Louie was the 50s or 60s. I believe Louie Louie was the 50s. Yeah. So we've covered songs from the 50s all the way to just, uh, you know, a year or two ago. Oh, wow. Okay, that's great. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. So, uh, Bobby, if you feel like coming back in tomorrow to finish off your segment, since uh, you unfortunately uh, aren't going to be with us on Friday. So... At least, at least you'll get here tomorrow. Yeah, I'm, I'm good for one more. All right, excellent. So until tomorrow, yippee kaye. Yippee kaye. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages here.